Oh, thank you, team, for leading us into worship this morning. Good morning, church. Hello. Um, for those that are, we haven't met, uh, my name is Fred Mugambi, and it's always a pleasure to share with us the Word of God. Um, I'll say and encourage us that let's continue to pray for our nation, especially after the, the voting and uh, the way forward. Let us continue to pray. But also let's pray for our youth that have been up uh, at the treetops in uh, Gambao. On Friday, I was there with the Friday, a number of our young people are up there and uh, the number of our volunteers, uh, Heather, um, Alicia, and a number of our people are supporting them. They should be back this afternoon. Let us pray for the word as we share this morning. Lord, we thank you for your message this morning. That uh, Thank you for your love for us. That as I share this message, I pray that you guide us, Lord, and you speak to us through your message today. I pray for your anointing. I pray, Lord, that may your Holy Spirit lead us this morning, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, our message today, I've, I've created a, what we call a mini-series. It's just a brief series that will have probably two or three parts on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And... Uh, this message will be based on the book of Galatians chapter 5. So as you do your homework, be looking at Galatians chapter 5 and think about the fruit. Think about the fruit that is on your tree as you think about Galatians chapter 5. But my, my theme this today, my theme will be about freedom in Christ. Uh, freedom. And I'll be looking into the, not necessarily the fruit itself, but I'll be focusing on the fruit fly. Before I came to Australia, I had never seen a fruit fly. But I, I came in and I found there's so many fruit flies that are damaging fruits. So, as I share with you this morning, I want to think about the, picture the fruit fly and the kind of damage it's doing on the fruit. Because when you focus on the fruit, you want to see how can the fruit remain healthy and help us to, to grow. So today, I'm talking about freedom in Christ. And you think about freedom. And you also think about how does freedom either sound, feel for you as an individual. When I was doing this sermon, I was thinking about the fruit that is resting, but also the fruit fly that is resting because I learned that they are not eating the fruit and they don't even eat the fruit, but what do they do in the fruit? Sorry? Yes, so it's a resting place for them. They find it comfortable. They find it so good to, to rest in there, to, to 
have freedom there without worrying about the world outside and leave something there. When I was working as a, I was working as a school chaplain, um, I think probably it was maybe probably Daniela Queen, and uh, this young boy was talking to me, and uh, I asked this young boy to give me two things. One, what is it that you like about school? Two, what is it that you don't like about school? Of course, they talk about the easiest thing, which was, I think, physical education, I think. Then physical education, that's what I enjoy. And what, do you, what is it that you don't like about school? He said, I don't like rules. I don't like rules. There's so many rules at school nowadays, and... Uh, the principal is here. <laughs> Kids are saying they don't like rules. Don't take me negatively on that one. But I thought about it. And I was asking myself when I was writing this, how does freedom look like for a young boy and a girl in school? As parents, for married people. I had a, a radio presenter one day. I was listening to the radio and... Uh, this radio presenter was talking about being single, and he was very proud. He said, you know, I like being single. He's, he's probably in his 30s or 40s, he said. And I think somebody was asking, why? You've been, you have a nice job, you have everything, and what is it that you... He said, I've chosen to be single because I enjoy being single. I feel free when I'm single that when I have to fly to London or fly to New York, I don't have to call somebody. I don't have to excuse myself to somebody and tell them that I have to go away. When I'm coming home from work, I don't have to ring anybody and tell them I'm, I'm running late. That's my freedom. That's freedom for some people. For some married people, freedom could be, what, what does it look like for married people? <laughs> wow, that's freedom. <laughs> uh, so freedom looks different things for different people. And, and for Paul, Paul is looking at freedom at a different level when he's addressing the Galatians. Because unfortunately, the same people that were preaching about freedom in Christ they had so many rules for these people, including circumcision. And probably the younger people may not understand what circumcision is all about. You know, for my culture is, is more like the Jewish culture. In my culture, back at home in Africa, you had to go through circumcision to actually be recognized as a man. The only way you are to transition from being a boy to a man, you had to go through circumcision. It was painful painful. 
And if you never went through that as a young man, the society will never, never recognize you as one of them. So when I was reading this, I could see the frustration of because it's a frustration of the Galatians, the people that wanted to be part of the new religion, new Christianity, new thing that has come up about Christ. But they're told, you know, for you to be able to be part of us, there is A, B, C, D that you have to go through to become a Christian. One day somebody came to me and asked me one day that uh, if I've been married to two women and you're preaching about one wife, one man, do I send away one of the wives so that I can remain with one? It's a tough question of our pastor. But I won't go into the details of what we discussed, but I can talk to you later after the service. But if you brought your Bible today, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, that we quickly just have a look through. And you see, what does it mean? What does Paul mean about freedom? That how do I know and feel that I'm free? In Christ, how do you how do you know? How do you feel you're free? Does your freedom sound like this young man, this young boy that feels there's so many rules around us? Does your freedom feel like this young single gentleman that feels that if I'm living alone, that I have my own freedom, that I can actually do whatever I need, whatever I go? Does your freedom feel like? We don't need the constitution in this country. It's too much. Paul is looking at two things as I prepare to share. Paul is looking at the freedom within the law, but also the freedom within Christ where if, even if you don't follow the other freedom, the body will create something else for you to be able to follow. So let's listen to what Paul is talking about in this, uh, in this next verses that are here. He says, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Sometimes I realize my eyes are growing a bit older, so. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to read again. Mark my words. I, Paul, I tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised Christ will be of no value to you at all and I was thinking about Paul being one of these people 
people who really believed in circumcision, people believe this is part of us. And you're telling them that if, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You are trying to be justified by the law, by the law and have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. You know, these are people who can stone him. These are people, this is one of the things they value in the society. These are some of the things that define them. This is one of the cultures that these people, if you talk about this, they can kill you. But Paul is telling them that if you do this, you're not part of Christ. If you practice this, you're not part of Christ. It's like going back to my culture then and telling them that if you do this, you won't be able to do this. Those guys can kill you. Because that's what they valued. That's what they believed in. But us, us reading this, I realize that, you know, sometimes we, we bind ourselves. We put ourselves under strength and circumstances that we are unable to pull ourselves out. That the rules we surround ourselves with. The policies, the procedures that we put in are not in line with what Christ is inviting us to do. I mentioned here one day in my mom's church that one day I went to preach there and I did not have a tie. And I remember after preaching, they, they came and asked me that I should actually have actually put on a tie. It, it, it was wrong to actually preach in my mother's church without a tie. So I've seen pastors, when, even when it's so hot, a pastor will still have the suit and the tie on. And if you don't have enough ties and suits, the church will buy for you. They make sure that they get you the suit to be able to preach. And some churches, it's not about the suit. Some churches, the different rituals that are happening in particular churches that define who they are in Christ. What defines you as a Lutheran? What defines you as a Presbyterian? What defines you as a Baptist? What defines you as a Pentecostal? What defines you as a Catholic? Is it the rules or Christ? What defines you as an Anglican person? What defines you as a Salvation Army person? The things that define us, the religious, the things that define us are not of Christ. The things that define us are the things that help us to be able to operate. But they don't find their definition of Christ. Because when Christ comes, he's not looking as an Anglican. He's not looking at a Presbyterian. Christ is not looking at as a Baptist person. Christ is not looking to a Catholic. Christ is looking at your heart. Did you enjoy the freedom that he provided for you? In him. Let's 
So these are my, my words, but you can apply it if you want, that I put here for you, for myself. That I know that I'm free. I meant to say when I, because I'm not controlled by the law. That I know that I'm free when I'm not controlled by the law. And let me justify this, that when I talk about the law, I'm not talking about the rules and the laws of the land. I respect the rules and the laws of this country. But I want us to understand that the, 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 the rules that we make around the religion, the rules and the things that we create around the gospel of Christ are the things that deny us freedom in Christ. Are the same things that make us not move forward. I was listening to you this morning and whoever put it there was not wrong. That for you to have communion, you have to have finished steps, A, B, C, D. The same thing in back in my mom's church that for you to partake of the Lord's Supper, you had to go through eight practical classes to qualify to be able to have Holy Communion. And sometimes we, we tell people that for you even to be water baptized, you need these ABC classes. I tell people, it's not about the classes, it's about the understanding of communion. It's about the understanding of the water communion. It's about the knowledge. It's not about the rules of how many classes you'd have. I've talked to some of the people that are getting married. I told them it's not about how many premarital classes you do. It's the understanding, your role as a husband and your role as a wife in a relationship. You know, sometimes you're looking for this particular book that it says 10 things to make your marriage perfect. Or 10 keys for financial breakthrough. You know, authors have a way of making the book juicy and inviting. Ten ways to make money. That's a heading. And we go to this rule that actually, but in real sense, it's not about the rules. It's about how you actually acquire the process. It's about the process. It's not about the rules that are put there. So Paul is looking at these people and saying, it's not about the rules that you're putting there. That our freedom in Christ is governed by things I'm going to share with you just quickly in the next chapter. It says here that... Uh, Those who live under the law and those who live under grace. And those are the kind of two things Paul is saying. Paul is talking about those who live under the law and those who live under grace. According to Paul, those who opt for justification by works of the law have fallen from the grace because it's impossible to have both ways. And he says, in other words, the effective operating power of God's grace becomes ineffective in the life of anyone who trusts in his own efforts for salvation. Writing to Ephesians, Paul confirms the same thing by saying, for it's by grace 
that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast about. Continue to say in verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. And what Paul is telling the Ephesians, that the, the, the rules, the works we do, the things that we do, they're meant to reflect the love that is in us. The service we offer to people, the love we give to people, the, the, even the giving at people, the giving we do is not about what God is supposed to offer us. Our participation in the church and the rules and the things that are happening is not about what God is offering us. It's about what is in us. It's a reflection of what is coming from us. It's like a parental love. You don't... Parents don't care for the kids because of what they get from the kids. Parents care for their children because of the love, the relationship that they have with the children. God has a relationship with us. That the love that is put in us has a reflection. And that's why David is saying in the psalm that let us magnify God. Let us magnify God. Because if the love of Christ is in us, if the power of God lives in us, if the fruit of Christ lives in us that people can see, but if people cannot see the love, if people cannot see the, the presence of Christ in us, if people cannot see the image of Christ in us, then there's something wrong with the image that we are carrying within ourselves. The second thing I want to say is that I know I am free in Christ because I'm not controlled by my own flesh or addictions. I've used this word addictions purposely because there are some addictions that are not necessarily seen, but they control us. They control us. Games. For some of us who love to play games in the house the whole day or the whole night. Those things control us. Gambling. Those things control us. The things we do, even some of us work, it's, it's, it's too much for us. That work has consumed me 24-7. It can become a hindrance to freedom. Others go on the extreme, whether it's drinking or smoking, whatever. The, all those challenges control us and take the part of the freedom. Someone said that addiction is when I have strong physical, psychological need and urge to do something or use something. It is a dependence on a substance or activity 
even if I know that it's harmful to me and it cannot impact my daily life. And like I've said there that uh, I've used the word addictions because some of the addictions are not necessarily seen. For example, shopping becomes addiction when you buy things you don't need or want. Do you know that people just shopping, they're so addicted to shopping. Um, It's it's, it's not good to smile about it because I know it's a weakness. But I'm smiling not because I enjoy that. I'm smiling because we have so much freedom in Christ that we can do whatever we need. But Paul is saying we need to be careful. Paul is saying we need to be careful. I was talking to one of the, one lady who was sharing about her mom after her mom died. And they went to check in the house where her mom lived. They found her mom used to shop for a number of things. Sugar and a lot of things just been packed everywhere in the house. That was her addiction. Shopping. For some people, it could be cloth. You, every time you walk in the shop, you know, you, you just get them. You get them. I'm just giving a general example because most of us fall in this category. It may not sound like sin, but it's dangerous. It's, uh, that's why I'm sharing this on the light one. But I know the bigger, bigger addictions that people carry in our society today that are struggling with. And I would encourage you that if you're struggling with addiction, seek help. We have counselors, we have people, we have specialists that are out there to help you. But before we get to that particular place, Paul has a message for you. Paul has a message for you. And Paul had other things that can hinder us from our freedom in Christ. He says in verse 19 and 21, he said the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfishness, ambition, dissensions. Name them. The list is too much. These are things that bind us. These are things that we cannot experience freedom in Christ because these things, they tie us down. And Paul is telling the Galatians that please, we focus so much on the rules, which can also be a problem, rules themselves. But also we forget that there's so many other things that tie back, that confront us in the society, that remove freedom from Christ. That is meant to help us. A young man one day walked to my office, which is very rare. One day, and he walked, he sat down, he said, Please, I need help. I said, What's the problem? He said, I've been struggling with porn for a long time. 
this young man, he said, I've been struggling with porn and I just need your help. And I told him, I'm going to pray for you, but is it okay if I get someone to help you? He said, yes. I'm tired. Every time I have a desire to, to leave, I have a desire to step out, but there's something just pulls me back to get back to it. And that's the freedom Christ is talking about, that most of us, you, you know your weaknesses, you, you know where you're bound as a Christian. You know it's the things that derail you, you know the things that tie you down from freeing free. And you have the desire to move forward, but every time you want to step forward, something else pulls you backwards to go back to it. I had an uncle, a step-uncle, back at home, and he died recently. The doctors even warned him. The doctors told him, stop drinking. They said, please, drinking is not good for you. Stop completely. But every time he, he said, I can't, I can't just live without it, he, he had to find a way to go back to drinking. And eventually, drinking killed him and finished his life. And that's what Paul is saying, the things that remove that freedom from us, from Christ, that the things that are destroying us. It could be drinking, it could be smoking, it could be porn, it could be some young people, masturbation, and so many sexual issues that are affecting our society, that are drawing people, our people back. And now with the internet and the social media, there's so much that we can, we, we're struggling with and we're feeling tied down. We're feeling restrained. We're feeling like something is pulling you back. That force is what Paul is talking about. That force that is stopping you from moving forward and enjoying the freedom Christ has given us. That force that is calling you come back is that Paul is saying we can pull it down if you plant the right seed in your life. And that's why I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Because when the fruit of the Spirit is planted in us, when the fruit of the Spirit is put in our heart, it grows slowly. It helps us to be where Christ wants us to be. That people can experience the love. People can experience the patience. People can experience the kindness. People know you, they know that you're not a bad person. People know you, they know that you're not an angry person. People that know you, they know that you're a patient person, but the, because the fruit has been overtaken by things, you're struggling. You can see the list continues uh, that Paul is talks about, whether it's hatred, Jealousy, and all those are things that pull us back. The final thing I want to share, that I know I am free in Christ because I am controlled by the Holy Spirit. I am free because I know that I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit. It goes back to verse 16 where he says that, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. Because the control that is pushing me, the control that is tying me down with the desires of the flesh, that if that smoke, if, if I don't take that smoke for a day, I'll, something will happen. If I don't browse that thing for a day, 
I'll not be comfortable. You don't feel peace because you don't do it. It's, Paul is saying that if you walk in the spirit, as Christians, as a church, that if you step out in the spirit, if you walk in the spirit of God, and the fruit of God is growing in us, the desires of the flesh will not have a place in our lives. The question today, how do I know that I'm controlled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? He says in verse 22, 23, the fruit of the Spirit will show. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and the list can continues there, kindness and all those other things, as you can read from my notes on the other side. These are things that tell us that you, you are walking the spirit. If you're lacking these things in you, you may have the desire, but if they're not there, that you need to ask for help. You need to seek help. You need to seek support. Ask somebody to help you. Learning to walk in the spirit will bring a gradual movement from mental rules and disciplines to now obedience root in the hearts, judgments, and convictions. The person who is controlled by the spirit will do what is right freely and not by compulsion by law of law. Thus, is not under the law's bondage and condemnation. I want to invite the worship team to come back. If the worship team come back, come back. And as I do, I want us to look at the conclusion here that it says, do you feel free in Christ? How does rest look for you? Are there things that are holding you back or controlling you? Are there things that are control- holding you back and controlling your life? I like, the, I like this scripture from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. It says that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. It goes ahead in verse 7, it says, do not, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will, bring, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I want us to stand up. If you, can able, if you are able to stand up, just stand up where you are and ask yourself, How does rest look for you? Do you feel free in Christ? Do you feel the freedom? It may not necessarily be seen, but it's something that is tying you down. For some of us, it's just probably work that ties you down. You don't feel free. I've met bosses who say, my door is an open door. You can come and tell me what you want, but it's not that free open. 
I've seen people say, feel free to come and talk to me, but that's not the freedom they meant. It's different freedom. But if you have Christ who's saying, my door is open. My door is free for you. Come and talk to me. Come and see me. Surrender yourself to me. Surrender your addictions. Surrender your body, whatever that is controlling you. Surrender to me. Because if you surrender that to me, then I'll give you this fruit that will change your life. You know, the fruit cannot be in you unless you surrender. I mentioned about the fruit fly. Some of us, we, we, give, we give the fruit, but we allow also the fruit fly to come in and destroy the fruit. You surrender, I surrender, you, you, you come, you say, I've surrendered to you, but then you don't look after that fruit. You allow the fruit flies to come in. And destroy the same fruit. Christ is saying that if you surrender to me. And you walk in the spirit. It's not just surrendering. It's surrendering and walking in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit. The spirit nurtures the fruit. And protects the fruit from the fruit flies. And covers the fruit. So the fruit can go. Grocery. And become what Christ has allowed us to be. Let us pray. Father we thank you today. That we can find freedom in you. That most of us, not all of us, but many of us are struggling with freedom. For some of us, it could be shopping, work, games, and so many other things that are binding us from your love, from your freedom. And for others, it's sin, it's anger, frustration. Whether it's porn or whatever sexual sin that is there, Father. That is destroying our lives like the fruit fly. That is harming this fruit that you've put in us to grow and make us better people. I pray today that God, that you are going to experience the freedom. You are going to experience the love that you put in us. I pray for each and every person. I pray for our people today, that Lord may you help us, we refuse and works of the devil, that they may want to destroy this image that you've given us Father and give us peace, that as we go out from this door Father we're going to live as free people in our society, free in you, free in your love as the worship team leads us, I'm going to stand here and if you feel that you need special prayers To free from something, I'm happy to pray with you. I'll be standing here. Thank you.